Women want to laugh with you. Think about the the emotions you want a woman to associate you to and have more conversations that elicit those emotions from her. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. I'm super excited to talk about today's episode because it's something I've actually never dove into and it was a question I got from my Instagram Q&A. Every once in a while I'll be like, ask me a question and I get a ton of questions. So I apologize if your question has never been answered. I get about 70 to 80 questions every time I do it. Um, So just for you who feel like you never answered my question, because I I hear that sometimes, that that is the reason why. So I want to talk, the question was, how do I stand out? And this isn't the exact question. I'm making the question appeal to a greater amount of you guys who will relate to it. But this is the gist. How to stand out to her when I'm only, how do I stand out to women when I'm only moderately attractive? And how do I stand out to women in a tasteful way? So I like how this guy was wanting to be tasteful about it. And he's also very um, self-aware where he's like, all right, I don't look like the average um, the average guy that gets all the women, right? And <clears throat> this is something where, of course, there's a part of me that wants to be like, looks don't matter, but they do, right? Looks matter. We all know that. So when looks matter in a certain area and we don't fulfill that area of what's considered the standard of attraction, what do we do? We have to take advantage of other parts of us that are attractive because our physical appeal, the outside cover, is not what makes us attractive as a whole. It's only one piece. And we live in a society where it's easy to think that it's all about the whole, but it's really not because then you see guys who aren't that attractive and they're next to a beautiful woman. They're married with kids to a gorgeous woman and she looks like a model. And it's like, how did that guy get her? You know, so there's plenty of those situations and there's a reason why that guy got her and it's not always money. So get that out of your head right now. That that is the case for some, maybe many, you know, I'm not I'm not saying it's not. But there are ways to work with your different areas of traction. So let's get to it. First, I want to tell you a story. I was uh, I was talking to a new client yesterday and he was telling me that he wants to come across to his, his colleague, his friends, that he's good with women. So he's a little ashamed around the number of women he's slept with because it hasn't been many. So he's like, I just want like, I forget how he worded it, but pretty much he wanted his his friends to know that he was good with women and therefore wanted to work on his bedroom game. 
And I was like, okay, wait, let's like stop for a sec because there's nothing wrong with wanting to work on your your bedroom skills and wanting to have more sexual partners and wanting to have more sexual experiences as long as the other person knows that, you know, as long as you're not doing it in a manipulative way or a malicious way and you're both on board with having a sexual relationship, cool, then do it, go for it. But if your intention for doing that is to show your friends that you're good with women, Mm, let's hold back. Let's pull back there and understand what actually makes you good with women. It's not sleeping with a lot of women. Definitely not because I know a guy, I, I, I knew a lot of guys who slept with a ton of women and they couldn't communicate and they were super serious and defensive and just very quick to anger. Anything you said would piss them off and they get defensive and like butthurt about it, but they would show that in a way that was like angry and mean. So yeah, these guys slept with a lot of women, but were they good men? Were they attractive men? No. And are they also good in bed? No, I've slept with plenty of guys who are physically attractive, who are horrible in bed. Horrible. And one of the nerdiest guys I've ever slept with in my life had was one of the best experiences of my life he he was physically like and he would admit to himself that he was such a nerd at the time <laughs> like he was really cute but like total dork right and I didn't expect much of him I really didn't because at that age I was I was like a late teen right this is a while ago so it was just like such a shock I remember just being shocked I'm like what just happened <laughs> Like what? And then that was a wake up call for me when I was younger. And I'm like, wow, like here's this great guy who I became really good friends with and then had a sexual experience with that I I wasn't expecting anything to come out of it. And like, holy shit, maybe it's not just about the looks. Right. So sometimes it takes us time to realize that. But but anyway, you get you get the point. So what I told my client, what I'm about to tell you is that there are much more attractive parts of yourself than you being able to stand out in a sexual way or in a physically attractive way. And just because you don't have physical features that fit the standard of attraction in today's society doesn't mean you can't make yourself more physically attractive by doing the steps that I'm about to share with you. So the main thing is to focus on how you communicate with women. That makes you most the, the most attractive guy. Because just as I explained, like this nerdy guy who I had sex with years ago, <laughs> um, he was a really good friend of mine. And like, I really loved talking to him. And it was like that part because, and this is why I slept with him, guys. Like I connected with him so much and he was so good at listening to me and he was he was like funny and fun to be with. And I was just like drawn to him to the point where I wanted to be sexual with him and even I didn't understand it because he was so like not the physical type I would be drawn to, right? And then it turned out the experience was great. So anyway, the first tip I want to give to you is own your physical look. All right, so right now you may not love the way that you look and maybe you do and you're just like, it's just not the, what the, like I'm just no Brad Pitt. Like I like the way I look, I'm no Brad Pitt, right? But you gotta own it. You still gotta own it and I think a great way of owning your physical look, even if you still like yourself and you wanna like yourself a little more, feel more swag and feel more confidence in your body is to pinpoint three parts of your body that you really like about yourself. And all right, first I'll do this tip. So think about it right now. 
three body parts, physical features, just physical, that you that you like about yourself. Really like, they're your favorite parts. What are they? For me, I like my the shape of my back. I like my my waist. Um and I like my eyes. So those are probably three of my favorite parts of my body. I also really like my butt. Um, my boyfriend would agree. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like those parts come to my mind. And what's interesting is like the second thing I'm going to, the second part of this is dressing well for your body, right? So taking those physical features that you like most and accentuating them in your clothing looks, so for instance, for me to showcase my little waist, I wear a lot of high-waisted pants or jeans. Um, and that shows off that feature of mine, right? Sundresses. My boyfriend always wants me to wear sundresses. He's like, your waist is so small. You would look so good in a sundress. And I was like, I hate dresses. And he's like, please wear. <laughs> he's like begging me to get a sundress, which I will this summer. But, But yeah, so it's like, What's interesting, too, is I was looking up fashion actually recently and um, and I was watching this video that that taught me that when we think about the like how we want to dress best, we usually go to, oh, well, I can't wear that because because of this. Right. Like, for instance, I have back back acne and I avoid backless shirts even though I love them I wish I could wear them but they wouldn't look great on me because I have scars all over my it's not really acne it's scarring from my teenage years so my back has all these scars it's not the most attractive part right I like the shape of my back and I like my lower back that's my favorite part but the upper back has scars so I sometimes get down on myself about that and I'm like ugh, like I can't wear this I can't wear that I can't wear this and I I pinpoint the parts of my body I'm not I don't think are great to show off, but I never thought to think, hey, I really like this part. Let me wear, I really like my waist. Let me wear a sundress. I really like this. Like, let me wear, you know, a part that shows my lower back. Like, that would look really good. I really like my shoulders. I should wear shirts that look like this, right? So this was actually a recent realization of mine where fashion I've always kind of steered away from because every time I thought about dressing well for my body, I thought about the parts of my body I didn't like and that would make me anyway you get the point so I want you to pay attention to how you're dressing for yourself right now like are you dressing to accentuate the parts the muscles that you love most maybe you have broad shoulders or you know a broad chest are you dressing for that in with your button downs and with your t-shirts like how are you wearing form-fitting clothing are you taking care of your body is actually the next step. After dressing and accentuating those physical parts that you do like and you think look great within within your body, are you actually taking care of your overall body? Because, and what I'm talking about is fitness, right? Because a fit body will almost always gain you more respect points and also attraction points, all right? Most likely, and it, with every woman, they're going to look at you and be like, wow, that guy, that guy takes care of himself. Like, impressive. It's always impressive. No matter who you are, even if you're the biggest asshole, if you have like a really fit bod, you still earn respect for that. 
because it's not easy to do. It's not easy to stay in shape. It's not easy to work out hard and build muscle. That takes a lot of time. So the person, the man who does that and prioritizes that time shows that he's prioritizing time for himself, on himself, to make himself better and make himself healthier and stronger and and more attractive. Like he prioritizes time to do that. So in turn, it's respected and it's attractive to women. So if you're not in the gym and you're not lifting weights, you should start. Seriously. Like always talk to your doctor, right? I'm not like a health physician. I can't tell you what to do. But I really, as a woman, I encourage you to take care of your body and to get as fit as you can within the schedule that you can do it in. And we all have... We all have a half hour to 40 minutes four times a day to dedicate to our body. We got one body, guys. Take care of it, right? But yeah, that's one that you can get into to make you stand out to women. All right, another point is know how to groom yourself. So this is a big one. If you... um. If you aren't happy, if you're insecure about your bald spot and your head, ask some of your female friends, hey, do you think I should, what do you think about me shaving my head? Like shaving all my hair off. What do you think? How do you think I would look? Because some guys pull it off so much better. Like it looks so much better. They look so much better bald than they do with their hair that's thinning and balding. Seriously, I I dated a few bald guys and I thought they were... Actually, not a few, probably two. But one of them was one of the most attractive guys I thought I ever dated. Um, So it's not like you wouldn't be considered attractive for being bald. And I know this is a belief that a lot of you guys have. So talk to your female friends. Ask them, you know, based on your head shape, it may make a difference in terms of how good you look bald. But go to a, maybe go to a, um, a hairstylist and ask them get their opinion on your facial features and your hair and what it would look like without hair right I guess they would be the ones to do that (laughs) um yeah so so yeah anyway where was I oh yeah knowing how to groom yourself if you're not a huge fan of the your face or your chin maybe it's time to grow out a beard if you can and rock that look right if you're if you want some stubble play around with like with the short shaved cut and a longer cut and see what looks the cleanest and see what looks the sexiest on you to fit your face, right? This is a way to actually shape your face differently by by the way that you're cutting your hair and grooming yourself. Um, always make sure you're grooming, you know, your, your lower area, you know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> and uh, make sure you're manscaping. And also... Um, yeah, just get opinions from female friends on this. This that's probably the easiest the easiest way to go about that. Like, hey, what do you think if I if I cut my hair like this? Or like I said, go to a stylist and get their opinion on a certain haircut. A haircut makes such a difference. Oh my god, when my boyfriend gets a haircut, and I think he's so sexy regardless, like with really long hair and with shorter hair, but when he gets a cut, huh, Oh my God, (laughs) be all over him. Haircuts are so hot. I don't know what it is about them, but anyway. So make sure you're keeping up with professional haircuts. All right, next point, start feeling good in your body so that your body language is easy to communicate with. For example, like you're, in other words, you're easy 
Um, you're like easy to be around physically, you know, like we all have those people where it's like sometimes you meet someone and you could just relax your body around them because they're so relaxed and the way that they talk is just like, you know, shoulders back, like they're using a lot of expression and they're animated, they're using their hands, they're involving you, asking a lot of questions, they know how to make eye contact and it's not awkward making eye contact with them. You know, you all have met a person for the first time where you felt like, oh, they're like really easy to be around actually. And what makes them easy to be around is they're very comfortable and confident in their own body, right? So they can express themselves using their body as kind of like this tool and machine to get across different messages with their hands, with their eyes, with their eyebrows going up and down. And they're laid back and they're relaxed because maybe they've done this a lot before. Maybe they've done work on their insecurities around their their physical body parts that they used to be insecure around. Um, So take note of maybe like, I don't know, what I like to do is like rate myself of how do I feel in terms of Like if I have an area, for instance, if I was struggling with this and I felt really awkward socially, which sometimes to be honest, I do when I'm meeting someone for the first time, if I I feel like I'm like in this weird eye contact thing where I'm like, are we, which eye do I look at? (laughs) When I get to the point of asking myself, which eye do I look at? I'm like, oh my God, I'm in my head. All right. That's my trigger to just like take a deep breath and sit back and chill. And that's literally what I did the other day when I met um, another sexologist. Actually, we met in the city in Brooklyn for for lunch. And um, and yeah, and it was it was just so funny because (laughs) I caught myself and I was like, okay, I'm doing that weird eye thing where I feel awkward about the eyes. Let me just sit back in the chair and kind of like relax, like put my body physically in a more relaxed position so that I can mentally feel more relaxed. Because sometimes that's the case. Sometimes you have to like trick yourself by doing something physically to feel something different or think differently mentally. So that was my, that's my little trick that I do when I feel awkwardness about the eye contact. Anyway, um, if you're struggling with physical insecurities, it's time to address those. Because if you don't feel comfortable in your own body and you're trying to meet someone for the first time and be vulnerable with them in an intimate setting. Not that you have to get too vulnerable in a first date, but still like it's it is still like one on one attention. So you want to be as comfortable as you possibly can in your own body. And what's going to help you feel comfortable and confident is grooming yourself well, dressing well, taking feeling fit and strong. Holy shit. It makes such a difference, guys to work out and to feel like tight. Oh my, I can't stress enough like how different I feel when I'm when I'm really strict with my workout routine versus when I fell off and I'm doing half-ass workouts. Like it's such a difference in how I stand because you know, from how I stand to how I feel to how I think I look and the the confidence I'm just giving out energy-wise into the world like It's even like the simple fact that when you do workouts and you're strength training, you're very aligned, like physically aligned. So because you're you're you have such good posture, it actually helps your posture throughout the day when you're when you're doing workouts consistently. So I find like I sit I sit up very tall. I 
I stand tall. And when I'm working out, like throughout the day, I notice this more because I'm like, oh, wow, because when I train, I have to stand that way. And I'm building these muscles to support this posture. So it just becomes my natural way of sitting and standing. And when same thing as before, it's kind of like that trick of when you're standing really tall, you're sitting really tall, you tend to you trick your mind into thinking like we're confident, you know, like it's another tactic to show I mean, just like I did, just like I did when meeting, when I feel weird about the eye contact, I like sit back. I'm not saying I slump. I'm saying I like, I relax. Like I notice my body's really tense and I relax. I'm still having good posture, but it's this, it's this trick. We can use our body to trick our minds to feed us confidence. So anyway, let's go to Point number two. So point number one, what I went through, all those examples, were owning your physical look, right? Point two is feeling confident in who you are. So this is more the emotional relationship you have with yourself. How do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? Really important, strong question. How do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? Because... This matters a lot. If you don't think that you're an attractive guy and you don't think you're worthy of a really attractive woman, you're never going to get her and you're never going to attract her. You have to start thinking that way for yourself. And I know that this seems, this podcast seems like it's for um, just single guys, but this is also for you guys in your relationship where you're not having sex, you feel like you've lost desire from your partner. You don't know how to, you don't even feel confident enough to initiate sex appeal or flirtation because you you don't feel good in your body. You don't feel sexy. And you need to get that back, right? So this is for you too. This is for all you guys. And the confidence in who you are has to do with, okay, what are my values at this state in my life? Meaning what matters most to me? If I had to name three things that matter most to me in my life, what would they be? And am I protecting those things? And am I living by those values? Like, am I taking them seriously? Maybe asking yourself, how are my boundaries? Do I let people always talk over me or take advantage of my time, my energy? Do I let people talk down to me without confronting them about it and communicating about that? Do I ask for a raise when I feel I truly deserve a raise at work? You know, like it's thinking about your worth. And and that when your worth is high, you automatically are confident in who you are. And your worth is only high when you work on yourself. And you notice these areas of your life where it's like, I didn't like how that person treated me. And instead of just staying silent, you do something about it because you stand up for yourself, right? So think, how often are you standing up for yourself? How often are you setting boundaries when they need to be set? How often are you reminding yourself of your goals in life and striving for them, prioritizing them and actually making time for them, making time for yourself because you're important? These things give you confidence in who you are. So how often are you doing that work on you? 
regardless of how busy your schedule is, regardless of how many kids you have, your marriage, you need to make time to work on yourself. And this doesn't have to be anything crazy, guys. Like do a little, do a little review with yourself for 20 minutes a week, right? Like that's, that's what I did for a while. I would rate myself on the areas of my life I wanted to improve. And I would do that on a weekly basis for a while. And now me and my boyfriend, we have relationship check-ins. So once a month, we, we talk to each other about our relationship. And then once a month, I address my friendships and I look at those. I do a recap every month on my business and how I performed and how I want to perform the, fall, the next month, right? In the gym, I track the amount of days I go in. I track my progress in terms of me increasing weights. Are you measuring yourself? Are you noticing progress and growth in yourself? And if not growing, are you maintaining the areas that you feel really good about? Because it still takes intention to maintain, right? You still have to pay attention to that. So anyway, this is about prioritizing yourself as a man, as a person, to establish confidence. And women are drawn to this. Women are drawn to a man who prioritizes himself, as I've said before, right? And that doesn't mean you're selfish. That doesn't mean you don't prioritize other people. It just means you know that you matter. Because there are a lot of guys out there who act like they never spend time on themselves. And it's not attractive. It's not good. Women are not drawn to that. What, what drew me most to my boyfriend was that he takes so many notes. He's like super organized, probably the most organized person I've ever met in my life. And he has all these notes in his phone on different areas of his life. And he's not just one of those people that makes the note and forgets about it. Like he'll go back to them continuously, whether it's about a relationship he has to improve um, whether it's about his his business goals, um, his big dreams for his life, always going back to them, always journaling whenever he's feeling a struggle with them. Like he's constantly on top of his shit about his own life. It doesn't pertain to me. I mean, some of the notes do. <laughs> um, but it's not about me. It's not about other people. This is about him tracking his dreams and his progress and himself. And that's something that really drew me to him because I was like, wow, he... He's such a high value man. Like look at all these things he's chasing after and really striving to be better in all these different areas and always wanting to learn and always sharing things with me to teach me. Like it was so, it was so sexy. And I still find that so, so sexy about him. And, um, and that just, I think, adds to his confidence as well because he's constantly building himself up and, and growing in different areas. All right, so number three how to stand out to her when you're only moderately attractive physically is becoming a skilled listener and conversationalist. So this is what I was telling my client yesterday. I was like, it's not about the women, the amount of women you sleep with. It's about how are you reading women? Like, can you read a woman? Can you be curious? Excuse me. Can you be curious about her? Meaning when you talk to a woman, do you get nervous and then it all becomes about you or you're asking really boring questions like that you've asked on the last date? That shouldn't be happening. That's not real curiosity. That's just you reading a script in your head that you just do with every woman. And then you wonder why you're getting bored with dating or frustrated with dating. And (laughs) this is the reason why. Like you're not truly listening. You're just going through the list in your head 
You know, it's kind of like when I first started podcasting and I would write down the questions I wanted to ask before the interview. And then I would get on the interview and I would have this list of questions and I would ask one question and then the person would go off about it. And even if it was something really interesting, I was too nervous and in my head to really listen to what they were saying. So I would just jump to the next question that had nothing to do with what they just said. And those were probably the most boring interviews ever because I cut the person off. I wasn't truly curious. I was more in my head. It was more about me. And I didn't expand the the conversation with the person. Instead, I like put a pause on it. And then I started my, my next question. I used to do this with my coaching too when I very first started out. And I realized how far I've grown in terms of not planning before you jump into a conversation, but just be prepared that you can handle wherever it goes. And that's what makes a great listener. You're actually curious all of the time. And because you're so curious all of the time, you're able to stay in that moment and know and be prepared to ask questions that pertain to what she just says versus the one that's just floating around in your head because you think it's a good next question, right? And whether or not you're, whether you're married or whether you're single, this is something we can all work on. I'm still working on this and wanting to get better at this because it's not easy. It takes a lot of practice and especially when we're meeting someone new and we're in our own head um, because we want to either impress someone or we're nervous to meet someone for the first time, it could be easy to revert back to that selfish way of communicating where we talk about ourselves and or we ask bland questions just to just to spend the time that way. And that's not really truly connecting with someone. You know, so work on your listening skills is what this point is. Work on your listening skills and your conversation skills so that you can feel like you can free flow it and you could talk about anything. Like at this state in my life, I um, I used to be really insecure about being stupid and not knowing enough things or not knowing enough about the world, right? And when I started doing my podcast and I started just, I don't know, I guess doing stuff on Instagram, sharing videos, reading a lot of books and teaching, it made me so curious about things. Like learning, reading books made me want to know so much more. And it made me realize like, wow, I really don't know much, but I want to know it. And it was like this new way of viewing the world instead of like, oh, I'm stupid. Books are for smart people. Duh, that was like also the, just proves how stupid I was. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but like once I started learning, it's it picked up. I just picked up all this confidence in wanting to share it with other people and wanting to talk about it with people. And that's something too, like when you're doing cool shit in your life and you're learning things within your life, you're going to want to share it and you're going to have really good things to intertwine into conversations with women, like really good topics. And it's my friend Mo was out with my my boyfriend Andrew and I the other day and he was like, um, we asked him to climb Mount Chasta with us because we're going to do that this year. I'm actually still debating, but I think I'm going to do it. (laughs) And um, so we asked him if he wanted to do it. And he used that as an example of having good conversations, really interesting conversations with women to become attractive right away. Like he was like, he was like, think about it. Like if a woman asked me, oh, how's your weekend? How does your weekend look? And he goes, oh, it's like, it's pretty chill. Just hanging out. How about you? 
like boring versus if she was like, and there's nothing wrong with hanging out at home, but like look at how boring it is compared to this. The other example would be like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm climbing Mount Chasta with a group of friends. I like, I just met. I don't even know all of them. And it's going to be this huge group. I'm super stoked. It's going to be a crazy adventure. And then she's like, oh my God, that's crazy. Have you ever climbed a mountain before? No, this is my first time, but I have bungee jumped. Have you ever done anything crazy before? Oh yeah, well, I really want a bungee jump, but I, I went camping in this place and there was a bear. And like, so see how that just leads into this exciting conversation because you're doing something that you're excited about in your life and then it just comes up more naturally in conversation so that also that helps when you're prioritizing yourself and you have things to look forward to in your life or things you're learning um you want to share them with someone and it's it's very easy to share it with someone because when you start talking to a new person they're going to be like oh what'd you do today Oh, I read this book. This is what it was saying. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Wow, I would never think of it like that. You know, and then it sparks this dynamic of intrigue right away, right away. And when that's so fast, when that intrigue is so fast, women are so drawn to that because it's like, wow, he's so interesting. He is so cool. You know, he's climbing a mountain. He learned this. Like, I never knew that. That's crazy. And you're already so attractive. So I hope this is all like flowing into one. I feel like I'm really energized right now and I don't know why. (laughs) Um, Okay. Number four. All right. This is going to be my last one I'm going to share with you. There there are more, but we're going to stop here. Confidence in flirting and bedroom skills. Ooh. All right. So this is a big one because if you are not confident, if you don't feel good flirting, then what what makes you different to her than, you know, being a friend versus a guy she wants to sleep with and end up with long term? Even if you're married, if you guys are no longer flirting, desire is going down the shitter. <laughs> Sorry, but it is. And this is what I when I talk to guys who are in this situation where they're like, we're not having sex anymore. I'm like, when was the last time you guys were flirtatious? And they're like, oh, I don't know. It's been like years. And I'm like, let me guess since the time you stopped having sex you know because this type of communication goes hand in hand with the action of having sex if you're not eliciting that flirtatious energy and you're not giving off these these hints of building up her arousal and building up this moment of tension and romance then why would it lead to sex it's not sex isn't something that just happens and For most guys, they feel like it can just happen because most guys have a spontaneous desire, but most women do not. Most women need a buildup. They need to feel something and feel connected in a sexual way in order to be prepared, body and mind, for sex and for feeling good about having sex consistently and actually craving sex from you, right? Because there are a lot of women who just do it to do it because they're like, let's get this over with. And if they're not saying, let's get this over with, they're giving off the vibe of, let's just fucking get this over with. Let's just do it. Come on, hurry up. Like, what? You don't want that? And I know you guys don't want that, but there's a lot of you who just accept that because you're afraid of never getting it again. All right, I'm about to go into a different topic, so let me get back on track. How to stand out to women when you're only moderately attractive is to create a skill set of, to build your skill set in flirting 
and being romantic. And this means using winky faces in your texts. I know it sounds st- like ridiculous and maybe juvenile, but the way that you text has a lot to do with you showing sexual attraction. All right. Are you being playful with your words? Or are you very serious and to the point? And then you're expecting her to be sexually attracted to you. Like it's it's not going to happen, you know, and God and even guys, regardless of how physically attractive you are, if you're really good at flirting and you really pick, I mean, look at the uh, what's it called? What's the famous book? Wait, it's on my bookshelf. Um, the Game by Neil Strauss, right? Like he's not the most good looking, physically good looking guy, right? I think we all can. He even admits that. So I think he does. So when you're reading a book like that and you're seeing guys that are out there who have these bombshell women, like they're most likely really good at their flirting game, all right? Like Neil Strauss was, really good at talking to women in a flirtatious way and that will get you many points. Humor plays a big part in it. I understand that humor is also like more of a natch can be I mean, typically is more of a natural skill set. So you're either really quick and witty and humorous or that's a little tough for you to just learn. Um, But that's definitely a plus. So like if you have humor, use it to your advantage. All right. Use it with women. Women want to laugh with you. Think about the the emotions you want a woman to associate you to and have more conversations that elicit those emotions from her. This is why I, what I learned really early on in relationship coaching was, uh, what was it called? Ford? I think it was Ford. Family, F for family, O for occupation, R for recreation, and D for dream. And what I learned is like when you're talking to someone that you're trying to romantically connect with, Everybody tends to go with family and occupation. You know, like, oh, do you have any brothers or sisters? Like, (laughs) or it's like, oh, what do you do? Right? And these two things, first of all, one family is pretty personal. So we don't really extend upon that too much in the first couple dates. The second, occupation, most people don't love their job, unfortunately, like me. If it was me, that would be different. But most people don't love their job. And their work stresses them out. So occupation is not necessarily the best topic for someone you're trying to stand out to and build up a discussion with. Now, on the other hand, recreation and dreams. What do you do for fun? And what are your dreams in life? Fuck yeah, I want to talk about those things. Like, (laughs) those are the best topics ever. Think of the emotions that come with those two topics. Excitement, happiness, growth, passion, um... You know, like, like, ah, like ideas flowing, good energy, good vibes. And if you want, if you have conversations with a woman you meet for the first time and you're asking her about these things, she's going to attach you to those feelings that she had in the conversation. It's a subconscious thing, right? Like you probably have a friend who whenever you talk to them, you tend to have good conversations. And when you think of them, maybe you automatically smile because of the majority of conversations you guys have. They're always good. They're really funny. You're always laughing. Like, just think about someone who makes you really happy. You might even start laughing right away. That's how strong these associations are. And this is why I tell you married guys that you have to be really aware of like, 
when you're talking about sex with your wife and you're not having a lot of sex, but you're talking about you're talking about it to her only in this negative way where it's like we're not having enough of this. I want more of this. Why don't you ever blow me? Like like that's such a like, such a downer vibe. But that's what I meant by that noise. Um, versus flirting and building up this playful anticipation that will lead to a more fun conversation around sex where it's like, oh, my God, remember that one? Like if you're being really flirty with your wife and then it trans transitions smoothly into like oh my god remember that time when we fucked on the beach and then we got caught and we had to run for like a mile like that was so funny and then it brings up a funny memory right and then you're like you're and then you start talking about it in this lighthearted way versus the other conversation example is why don't we ever have sex like the only response to that is going to be defense and negative energy so see how important these associations are in the way you're talking to the woman you're trying to impress romantically or sexually or connect with. I shouldn't even say impress. It's not up to you to impress her. I mean, I know we feel that way in the very beginning, right? Because we're all essentially competing um, for for different people, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's important to notice how you're connecting in conversation. And when it comes to bedroom skills, it's... Like, like I said in the beginning, it's not important to sleep with a ton of people in order for you to be good. Does more experience help you be better? Yeah, but only if you use it in a way that's actually effective. Like, for instance, I told you about the guys I slept with who were really good looking guys who sucked in bed and they probably had a lot of sex. But whenever they had sex, they did the same shit that was for them, their selfish self. <laughs> and um, and they didn't grow. They didn't become better because they weren't open to being better or trying to be better they were just trying to get laid right so they did the same shit every time so that doesn't make them better at sex just because they had a ton of partners versus another guy who maybe had five partners in his life and every time he had a new partner he got better at communicating he practiced different different ways of of going down on her and touching her and massaging her and using toys with her and then the next woman he had more conversations with about sex and and et cetera, et cetera. So it's really what you put into it. And your bedroom skills don't have to be you experimenting with a ton of different women, but that you do have to understand, okay, what are the basics of what bring a woman pleasure? Um, how can I, what are the best ways to bring a woman to orgasm? How, what questions can I ask a woman in the moment that are appropriate to help her guide me along what makes her feel the most pleasure? How can I express myself when it comes to pleasure to a woman and how comfortable do I feel doing that? What would I say to the next woman I sleep with? You know, like you're actually trying to learn. You're actually trying to prepare yourself. And then when you have these experiences and you do learn and you do have a good experience, that's that's growth and that's you enhancing your skills and that's also women being very impressed by you you know regardless of how many partners you've had if you put in the work and you get a little practice you can be very impressive to women in bed regardless of how you physically look okay so whew, oh my god that was a lot <laughs> you know? 
How to stand out. So these were points on how to stand out to her when you're only moderately physically attractive. All right. And the first point I gave you was own your physical look. That has to do with dressing well for your body, taking care of your body, knowing how to groom yourself and feeling good in your body and your body language. Number two was confidence in who you are, who you are as a man, who you're aiming to be in the future and knowing what you want and prioritizing yourself because you're important. Number three was being a skilled listener and conversationalist. Humor's a plus, but you don't need humor. I know a lot of people say you need humor to impress women. You don't need it. It's a plus. It really helps, but it's not necessary as long as you're a good listener and you have conversation to bring to the table. Number four is you're confident in your flirting skills and your sex skills, which means you're learning, you're actually practicing, you're noticing how you feel each time you do it, you're noticing reactions, the calmness in your body, the connection you have with her when you're doing it, how calm you feel during sex, how you react to sex potential issues that pop up like PE or DE, ED, right? And knowing that you can handle whatever comes and knowing that you have the skills to help guide a woman towards a pleasurable experience with you. So that's how you stand out while you're only moderately physically attractive. All you guys are capable of doing all of this, all right? And you can attract whoever you want. Um, I shouldn't, I guess I can't say that. (laughs) Not whoever you want in the world, right? Um, But you can attract a high value woman who is extremely physically attractive to you and you just have to work on yourself to do it. You don't need you don't need the physical looks because most women, I'm telling you, are not, that's not the most important thing to them. It's important, but it's not the most important. All right, guys. So I hope that was helpful. Um, I wanted you guys to know that my coaching, I have a waiting list coming shortly for my one-on-one coaching because it's been crazy, um, the amount of clients I've been picking up. So my rates will be going up when this waiting list goes up. So um, that will probably come within the next week. So if you've ever wanted to work with me and you want to get lower rates and you're trying to make up your mind, now would be the time if you want the lower rate, right? That's really the only reason why I'm encouraging you to step on it if you want a one-on-one coaching for me. But also a reminder that if you're sitting around dealing with the same problem for eight years, 15 years, then that's another sign that it's time to get help, right? You don't have to be struggling. Um, I have so many of my clients who are like, why didn't I come to you 11 years ago? Like, where were you 18 years ago? I'm like, I was a little young, but <laughs> young for this. But um, but yeah, like it's get the help when you need it. Don't keep waiting. Don't keep putting it off because it only becomes harder and harder to deal with and overcome your issues with yourself or with your partner the, as you know, the longer time goes on. So I really encourage you to get help, whether it's me or whether it's someone else. Um, If you want my help, I will leave my coaching application for one-on-one coaching in the description of this podcast. All you got to do is fill out the form. And if I feel like you're a good fit for me, I will reach out to you with the next steps. All right, guys, have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.